The Vape Passion Show, episode 93. In this episode, an Idris review of Sonata by Black Note, a preview of the Avid Artisan Daedalus Pro, the new upcoming 502 RDA from Jay Hayes, how lack of personality will kill your vape business, and a three and a half year study shows the health impact of e-cigarettes. Welcome back to The Vape Passion Show. I'm Alex, this is episode 93, and I'm recording this on Wednesday, November 22nd. So first things first, happy Thanksgiving to all of you in the States. I took this whole week off from work, so I'm really excited to get a nice long break. This is also the week of Black Friday, which is always the best time of year to buy vape stuff, so I hope you all get some cool stuff too. Um, I usually give myself a budget of $100 for Black Friday, but money's tight for me this at the, right now, So there's and there's not a whole lot that I want to buy, so I don't know if I'm going to buy anything but we'll see when the deals start showing up. Also, I wanna give a shout out to my good friend Josh, who runs a video game podcast called The Digital Dukes. Uh, not Daisy Dukes. Go check them out if you like video games. I actually personally know all three of the hosts, Josh, Dan, and Trevor. Um, we used to be drinking buddies until everyone moved away. Uh, that's how life is when you get older. But anyway, they put on a really good show every week. Uh, long, but good. But I wanted to talk about a tweet that Josh posted on Twitter the other day. Um, that if you mix candy corns and peanuts, it tastes just like a payday candy bar or one of those uh, candy nut rolls. And I just so happened to have some candy corns left over from Halloween and also had some peanuts. So I tried it and he was totally right. It's crazy. Candy corns are a funny thing because it seems that people either love them or hate them. Now, I grew up hating them because it was the only candy that my grandma ever had in her house when I was a kid. But after not eating them for probably decades now, I bought a bag and I, I actually kind of like them now. Uh, I just thought it would be a fun tip for you guys. So if you have any left from Halloween, give that a try and let me know what you think. All right, well, let's get into the vaping stuff. So I finally got the Drop RDA in weeks after it was released. I ordered it from myvpro.com and I probably won't order anything from them again after this experience. It might have just been a random issue, but it just left me really unhappy with them. So first, I got this RDA about two weeks after they said it would go out. And while I'm sitting around waiting for a notification that it would even ship, they were sending promotional emails telling people that they had them in stock. Finally, I complained to them and, I, and then they sent one out. And then I get it, I unwrap the cellophane wrapper around the box and I see that the anti-tamper stickers have already been cut. So someone opened this box and then rewrapped it. So I'm not happy about that at all. I actually ordered the icon from them a while back and didn't have any problems, but this experience was so bad that it took away any trust that I might have had with them before. And it's like that saying goes, trust is built in drops and lost in buckets. Well, they lost buckets of trust with me and I just can't see myself ordering from them again. Anyway, about the RDA, the drop RDA itself, I've really been liking it a lot, but I have to admit that it's not really anything that special. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it. It's just that it's not as innovative as I would have hoped it would be. Uh, there are positives for sure though. Being able to clip the coil leads from under the posts is a cool feature. It has really good flavor and the airflow options are nice. There are a couple of cons I've noticed too though, like the O-rings are so tight that I can barely change the airflow. Even after coating them in e-juice, uh, the top cap just doesn't want to move. I also don't like that the airflow closes from the top down rather than the bottom up. I think closing from the bottom up would have made it better for squonking because the way it is now, it's really easy to over squonk and then leak out of those lower airflow holes. Uh, I heard Dear Addy mention on a live show that there was a specific reason for why the airflow holes close from the, the top down, but I don't remember what he said. So I'll have to figure that out before passing any more judgment or before I do my final review. 
Overall though, it performs nice, it's easy to build, and the flavor is excellent. And while we're talking about the drop, I also want to talk about the Dead Rabbit, mainly just because so many people compare them to each other. Now I've been using the both the Dead Rabbit and the Drop a lot, and they're so different from each other that I don't see any reason to compare them against each other. The only similarity is that uh, you drop the coils into the post holes, and you can clip the leads from the bottom, but that's about it. Um, everything else is different. Anyway, I want to share some quick thoughts about the Dead Rabbit. I'm really not enjoying it a whole lot. Um, I think it's actually kind of ugly, but that's just my opinion, and that doesn't really matter as long as it performs well. But in my experience, it doesn't perform well either. The O-rings are really loose, and nothing fits together tightly. And then E-juice builds up at the top cap, and it makes a mess if you take the top cap off. And most importantly, the flavor just isn't very good. The lack of flavor is what disappoints me the most. Uh, that's not to say that it doesn't produce flavor. It's just that compared to lots of other newer RDAs on the market, the Dead Rabbit has a very noticeable difference in not producing flavor. Um, I've tried Clapton's and basic wire builds. I've tried positioning the coils in the middle of the deck, right, right up against the airflow holes. I've tried putting the coils right above the posts and under the airflow slots. I've tried raising the coils level with the airflow and even way up near the top cap and no matter what I do, the flavor isn't very good. I'm really not impressed with this RDA at all, but there's one feature that I like a lot and that's you can just dump a ton of e-juice in here and it won't leak. Um, since the airflow holes are so high, you can practically fill it up the RDA like a tank and unless you tip it too far, it won't leak out of the airflow holes. Now I haven't tried the Dead Rabbit in Squonk mode yet, but I will soon. Um, but I can see this feature being especially useful for squonking because you can just push a ton of e-juice up into it, not worry about it leaking. Um, but that's about the only benefit that I have for it. Um, I really wanted to like this RDA, but I just don't think it's very good. If you've had a better experience with it, or if you have tips for me on how you use it, let me know because I want to find a way to make it work for me. And then finally, I've been using the iStick Pico Squeeze and Wasp Nano. If you're on Reddit at all, you've probably heard all about this combination because the love for it is unreal over there. It's funny because I actually bought both of these on a whim a little over a month ago. And a couple of months ago, I asked if anyone had suggestions for small atomizers to use on the original Pico, which I was using a lot at the time. Uh, one of my subscribers, SystemSmile, suggested the Wasp Nano RDA. And I liked the looks of it so much that I put it at the top of my list of things to buy. The Pico Squeeze had also been on my list, but it wasn't a high priority. But then one day, I saw that the Pico Squeeze was on sale from FastTech for only $15. Uh, and then before I ordered it, I checked my wish list to see if there was anything else that I wanted from Fast Tech before I finished my order. And then I saw that Wasp Nano, so I bought both. And then a week later, I saw that everyone was going nuts over that combination on Reddit. And I thought that was such a, a cool random thing that I just ordered it. Well, being it was from Fast Tech, it took over a month to get to me. Uh, but I've been using them now for both for a couple of weeks and I can sort of see the hype, but I've been having a hard time finding the right build. So if you don't know, the Pico Squeeze is a regulated device, but it powers the atomizer like a mech mod. So the amount of watts that you get depends on how low you build. But this is where I've always struggled with mechs. It's a fine line because I want to build low to draw more power from the battery, but if I'm using wires with a lot of surface area, like Clapton's, they take a long time to ramp up. That's the issue that I've been having with the Pico Squeeze. 
The best build that I found so far is a basic 26 gauge round wire build that comes out to 0.4 ohms, a single build, a single coil. And I feel like I'm on the right track with lower ohms and basic builds, so I'm not ready to give on it, up on it yet. Uh, the manual says that it can operate as low as 0.15 ohms, so I still have a lot of room to go. I just worry about pushing the battery too hard, even though the Pico does have some protections in place. But other than the slow ramp up time, everything else about this combination is a win. It's tiny. It squonks, although the squonk bottle kind of sucks, but the flavor from the Wasp Nano is really good. So that's what I've been vaping on. Uh, I've, I've got some other stuff coming in that I can't talk about yet. Uh, I'm still waiting on the Pulse BF Squonk mod, which everyone already has now. Uh, I actually pre-ordered it from GearBest, which I knew was a mistake because they ship as slow as Fastech does most of the time. But they had such a good deal on it that I couldn't help myself. Uh, big mistake now. According to the tracking information, I should be getting that this week, though, so maybe I'll have some thoughts for you next week. Um, and what's funny is that the now new models have just been announced, and have I haven't even gotten my original pre-order yet. Uh, it's just new side panels, though, so it's not that big of a deal, but funny. Oh, and I just published some long-overdue e-juice reviews last week for four flavors from Taffy King. All of them are actually really good, but just one of them, Cotton Candy, could have been better. The only problem with the cotton candy flavor is that it doesn't taste enough like cotton candy. It's still good though. Oh, and uh, none of them taste like taffy either, so the names are misleading, I think. But yeah, all of them are pretty good. Okay, so that stuff is out of the way, so let's get into the topics this week. Starting with an e-juice review of Sonata by Black Note. Black Note sent me all of their flavors for free for review um, more than a month ago, and I feel really bad that I haven't finished the reviews yet, but I'm trying to make that right. I actually have one review already published and two edited and ready to publish. Anyway, if you haven't heard of Black Note, they create specialty tobacco flavored e-juices using naturally extracted tobacco. This is as authentic as you can get to real tobacco because it's created using real tobacco. But since you're not burning anything, you get only the natural flavor of the tobacco leaf without the ashtray. So the one we're looking at today is Sonata, which Black Note says is a dark Virginia tobacco that is rich and robust. The tobacco leaves are fire cured and steamed to create an intense flavor, which also draws out a natural sweetness of the tobacco leaf. So it comes in 30 mil bottles, 50-50 uh, VGPG ratio, extracted in Italy, bottled in California, and they have free one to three business day priority shipping within the US. The smell is very mild. I can barely smell anything at all, except for just a hint of tobacco. It reminds me of the smell of an unlit cigarette, which is just tobacco and paper. I'm using the Icon RDA, built at 0.28 ohms, on top of the Smoke Alien at 80 watts. This one is really light and very similar to Prelude, which is also a light, mild Virginia tobacco from Black Note. It's nearly identical, actually, except for that it has a little richer flavor and just a little more sweetness. Not sweet like they're using a sweetener because they don't use any sweetener, but it has just a, a hint of natural sweetness from the tobacco leaf. It tastes exactly like an unlit cigarette. I get a lot of flavor when I exhale from my nose, too. You can get this in 30 mil bottles for $29 from blacknote.com, which is a little pricey, but what you would expect for natural extracted tobacco. Uh, and in my opinion, worth it. If you're not ready to drop 30 bucks, on a 30 ml of e-juice, check out their Ensemble Sample Pack, which has all six of their flavors in 10 ml bottles for $59 instead. Okay, now let's do a preview of the Avid Artisan Daedalus Pro. So about a year ago, Avid Artisan released their Clapton Coil Builder, the Daedalus, which was uh, pretty well received. 
anyone who had one generally liked it. Um, there were some cons with it, though. For example, that it's kind of slow, the drill, and also that it was expensive at $80, which is almost the price of a nice drill. All most of us really wanted was the coil jig without the drill, but they didn't make it the, those parts available for purchase separately for a long time, but they are now. So on version 1, you could build Clapton's with a max of two core wires. On the new Pro model, you can now use up to five core, wi core wires. So that's the main improvement, and a pretty big one for a lot of people. They also added some cutouts to the plastic jig so that it's easier to access the wires from underneath. And the Pro version also now includes a ball bearing fixture that attaches to the bearing on the clamp, which you had to purchase separately before. The new drill is mostly the same as the old model, except that they've added a USB charging port to charge your two 18650 batteries, which don't come with it. It looks like they've mostly improved on the old model without making a lot of changes while also making it a lot more affordable. Personally, I'm not interested in the drill at all because I already have a nice drill, but I'm really interested in the new coil jig. It looks awesome. I see that lightningvapes.com is selling the full Daedalus Pro Kit with drill for $57 or the kit without the drill for $32. And I did a little searching and the cheapest that I found the kit without the drill is from 2F Deal for $24. No, I've never ordered from them before, so I can't vouch for them. And if you don't care about the updated version and you just want to make regular Clapton or two core fused Claptons, you can get the Daedalus version 1 coil jig uh, without the drill for only $10 from efund.top. And I'll include links in the description for all of these sites. Okay, now let's talk about another new product, the upcoming 502 RDA from vape reviewer Jay Hayes. So the 502 RDA isn't out yet, but this is something that I think is worth talking about. This RDA comes from the popular reviewer Jay Hayes, who I'm, I'm sure most of you know. So Jay Hayes has been working on a new RDSA, or Rebuildable Dripper Squonking Atomizer, called the 502. It looks a hell of a lot like the 454 Big Block on the outside, which Jay says was the inspiration for it, and that was the first thing that I thought of when I saw it too. That's just the outside though. He hasn't shown pictures of the deck yet, but it's probably entirely different than the 454. Now what's really interesting about this RDA is that there is no visible airflow, and I know Jay has talked about it in a few videos videos and on his Facebook page over the last month or so and, and I'm pretty sure that he said it won't leak unless of course you tilt it upside down because then it'll leak out of the drip tip. He says that it, it can have either massive airflow or very tight draw so it looks like it can work for anybody. He also mentioned that the 502 is manufactured in a way that it's nearly impossible to clone. So that's really interesting. It's 25 millimeters, it has an 810 drip tip, and is only available in stainless steel, but Jay mentioned that black will be coming much later down the road. Now this is a little on the pricey side at an estimated 100 to $120, but it's an American-made product and will be in limited production, so it's probably worth the cost. Jay also said that there will be a cheaper rendition at some point later. If you watch Jay's reviews, you know that innovation is a really big deal with him. He also doesn't take it easy on anyone, on anyone's products. And these are points that he brings up in a, a whole lot of, of his reviews, so I know he isn't willing to put his reputation on the line by releasing a bad product. I have a feeling that this is going to be a huge deal and one of the most unique vape products that we've seen yet. No official date has been announced yet, but Jay has said very soon. So join his Facebook group, Wicks and Coils, if you want the latest updates on it. And this isn't something that Jay is just going to send out to every reviewer who wants one. So you're probably probably not going to see a ton of reviews on YouTube. But he has announced a short list of reviewers who will be getting it before it launches. That will include The Vaping Bogan, Grim Green, Suck My Mod, Todd's Reviews, The Vaping Postman, Vaping with Vic, Heathen, Big Lou, East Coast Reviews, The Vapor Trail Channel, a bloody good vaping and GK vapes and I'm really excited to see what it, what it looks like when it's released and big props to Jay for getting it done all right now something a little different and targeted toward vape business owners 
Now I want to talk about how lack of personality will kill your vape business. I've worked with lots of different vape companies over the years in various ways, you know, for example, doing reviews. And as I mentioned before, I do internet marketing professionally. Uh, I've had a client in the vape space who I helped grow their online business. And something that I've learned over these years is that most vape businesses are, you know, a dime a dozen. There's nothing that really sets them apart from anyone else. And that actually reminds me of a quote from the CEO of Salesforce, Mark Benioff, where he said, A brand is a company's most important asset. A company can't own its facts. If the company's facts, such as speed, price, or quality, are superior to the competition, any good competitor will duplicate them, or worse, improve upon them as soon as possible. What a company can own, however, is a personality. Now that's a quote that a business owner should hear and have an aha moment where it starts to click and they realize that if they ever hope to survive long term, they need to build their brand with personality. There are some businesses that do it right. For example, whether you like them or not, DotMod, who set themselves apart with luxury modern design, or Provari, who no longer exist, but Provari developed extremely durable devices for lower wattage users. They were also known for their great customer service. But even these two companies didn't build much of a brand or personality. Anyone can come around and do what they did better. And look at Smoke, for example. They're killing it in the vape space right now. But why? They don't have any personality at all. This is one of those companies that had a couple of hits, and they're riding on that wave until consumers stop caring. And people will stop caring eventually. And how about online distributors? Do any online vape shops have a personality? Not many, that's for sure. I think Aspen Valley Vapes does a pretty good job for a vape shop. And Zamplebox does an amazing job. If you're looking for inspiration for building a personality in the vape space, look at Zamplebox. Sure, there are still lots of cool products coming out all the time, but one thing they lack is true innovation. There are some new features here and there, but like I said earlier, someone will come along and duplicate it and improve on it. Then the old gear will be forgotten, and this is clear as day in the vape industry where a vape product is considered old in only three months. So if you own a vape shop, or if you manufacture hardware, or you make e-juice, Think about how you can create a personality for your brand. You don't have to go crazy like Old Spice, you know, which I guess is kind of like the Rip Trippers in our space. Your personality might even be formal and sophisticated or maybe even boring like some people think of me. But whatever your brand personality is, design around it. Communicate it with your audience and then just give your brand a little bit of life. Customers don't resonate with low prices or a flashy website. When someone else comes along with lower prices, they'll leave you out to dry. But when customers feel like they've actually connected with your brand in a personal way, they'll support you, even when your competitors have lower prices or bigger selections of products. Okay, now let's move on to a great pro-vaping study. This three and a half year study shows the health impact of e-cigarettes. The study was led by Ricardo Pelosa, who is the director of the Institute of Internal Medicine and Clinical Immunology at the University of Catania in Italy. He was joined by several other researchers within his university, as well as Donald Tashkin from the University of California. They performed a three and a half year observational study on nine daily e-cigarette users between the ages of 24 and 36 who have never smoked and compared their health outcomes with a group of 12 people who have never smoked or vaped. The researchers looked at blood pressure, heart rate, body weight, lung function, and respiratory symptoms. They also looked at airway inflammation and physical lung damage. They identified participants for this study by asking vape shop owners to talk to their regular customers about their smoking history and vaping habits. If they've never smoked or smoked less than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, they were considered never smokers, and then they were considered for this study. They also needed to have been regular vapors for more than three months. Tests were taken at the start of the study to determine baseline. Then each participant was tested in follow-up visits three times per year for three and a half years. All of the participants used various devices and products according to their preferences. 
For example, six vapors used nicotine-containing e-juice and three used zero nicotine e-juice. They all used various different flavors of e-juice and some used Ego-style vape pens, while others used refillable products like the um, products from Provari, Inokin, Joytech, and Avatar Puff. The researchers provided charts that show baseline metrics on blood pressure, heart rate, and body weight, and tracked those changes over time. We can see that the values changed slightly for both the vaping group and the control group, but the changes were so minor that there wasn't anything noteworthy. These changes were probably unrelated to vaping altogether, and more likely just a part of everyday life. We can see that all of these values were also very similar to non-users. Now let's talk about respiratory symptoms. So respiratory symptoms were self-reported by participants by asking them at each visit if they have had a cough, if they wheeze when breathing, if they've had a shortness of breath, and if they've experienced pressure in their chest. To track airway inflammation, they tested exhaled nitric oxide and exhaled carbon monoxide. For nitric oxide and carbon monoxide testing, the researchers used specialized meters according to uh, typical industry guidelines. And they also took high-resolution CT scans of the lungs to look for long-term damage. CT scans were reviewed by an experienced radiologist who did not know anything about the characteristics of the patients while looking for any signs of lung damage. They found no signs of damage and no early signs of COPD, lipoid, pneumonia, or popcorn lung. Even the participants with the most usage and longest usage saw no significant harm. And these high usage participants, they vaped five mils per day and had been vaping for 57 months or, or more than four years. And something you've probably noticed about this study is that the sample size is very small at only nine people. And the researchers, they understood this limitation and to compensate for it, they reviewed individual data sets for each person rather than just relying on only averages, which is how a lot of studies work. So basically, when they compared the data from the baseline to the end of the three-year study, they found no significant changes in the e-cigarette users for any of the health outcomes they were tracking. It was the same thing when they compared e-cigarette users to the non-users. No sig significant changes for any health outcomes. In the CT scans of the lungs, they found no physical damage and they found no respiratory symptoms. They concluded that while some harm might come at later stages of e-cigarette use, since nobody knows that yet and won't for a long time, they say that this study shows that there aren't any health concerns associated with somewhat long-term use in relatively young people, as long as they aren't also smoking. Okay, that's all I have for this week. You'll find the show notes for this episode on vapepassion.com. Just do a search for episode 93. If you want to support this show, consider donating to my Patreon page at patreon.com slash vapepassion. You can follow me on Twitter at vapepassion, and I'm also on Facebook. If you like the show, I'd love it if you gave me a review on iTunes. You can also catch the video version of the podcast on YouTube. If you're not already subscriber, please subscribe. If you want to get notifications of new reviews or of the show, you can sign up to receive my weekly email on vapepassion.com. And if you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me anytime or leave a comment on one of my videos. All right, I'll see you next week.